0: all the things that was all the adjectives she got the a in my middle name that was awesome take my mask off that's okay hey everyone welcome again to the elm city vineyard if you're watching at home on the live stream welcome to you it is uh great to be here we had a run a a long run right of outdoor services it had to happen sometime but i'm glad that you're here in the live stream or you're here in person very grateful for that before i start out Uh, I gotta shout out my grandmother who turns 94 today, which is amazing. I hope she's watching now. If she's not watching now, I think she'll be watching soon. So for her, she's like, this is great. I got the live stream, like it's a birthday gift, even if we would maybe wanna be outside. Uh, Hey, she's 94, so she can get what she wants for this day. Um, So I'm super grateful for her and for my family. You know, speaking of family, throughout these last 16 months, one thing I've really enjoyed is just spending time with my family, specifically with my girls. Uh, Now, there's a lot of stories of pandemic parenting, and yes, there were some frightful moments, um, but also there were some really sweet moments too. Actually, this morning, um, I was able to go with Zoe on uh, a daddy-daughter date. She said, hey, do you want to go on a daddy-daughter date? I won't tell you what time it was that she asked me that, but that was, you know, uh, I think she did. I think we can press maybe enter. I think there's a pic. Or, uh, here we go. So we're, we're looking, we're gazing. We're looking at these like little ducks and they're not like the really small like chicks. It's like the goslings, like they're like a little bit older, right? So we're doing that uh, this morning in Edgewood Park. Uh, we also managed to do a few more uh, things. One that you'll see uh, This one is fine to do. I think we're all like kind of good this other one. It's a little bit, you know at your own risk Uh, So this next one's coming up. Um, So this is the skate park. This is a stroller Uh, There is a child in it. it is my daughter. You can press enter and we're going we're going we're going and Yes, there it is. We're okay. We're fine. But uh, as we did that, she definitely was like, no, like, Mariah's a little stressed out. She was like, no, I need it to be like bigger. Like, let me go more. I'm like, wow, like you're really excited about this. You know, we just had a fun day together. And so I'm really grateful for that um, and for the ways that, uh, yeah, there's just been a lot of time with family. You know, as people who have kids uh, in their life, you know that this has been, you know, a tough time. Um, you know, it's so easy for parenting to just become about the to-dos. You know, what are we going to get done? What needs to get done today? Just doing tasks and not being with your child, not seeing who they're becoming. And it's easy to feel that's the only way, just survival, right? There were times as I was about to be like, should we go on this walk? Like, I would love to get some more sleep. Like, this would be great. But she asked, like, I didn't even ask. She's like, daddy-daughter date. I think she just knew. She's like, okay, of course he's going to do it if, he, if I say that. But that's what happened. Um, and, and even though, you know, I have slowed down a little bit these past 16 months, I feel the post-pandemic kind of like, you know, energies. And I look at her, she's like, like, we just feel it like encroaching, right? It's like, this, like kind of Ugh, like it's going to start again, you know? The overscheduling is coming back, right? The travel time that Zoom eliminated, Wasn't that nice? You just pop, you're there. Like, that's coming back. Dressing the bottom half of our bodies is coming back. Not dressing up. No, I didn't say dressing up. I just said dressing. We'll move on. You know, and of course, that small talk that we maybe uh, enjoyed not having, or maybe it's that we've had the camera off, or we've had the mute button, and then, of course, just the, like, red, like, leave meeting. Like, this is awesome. Like, I'm, I'm done. And I'm still in my home. I got my PJs. This is awesome. That's all, like leaving you know sorry it just seems like it is and, and this makes us move more into survival mode than that kind of slow living that kind of beholding mode of hey there's some ducks let's just watch them for a while i was like hey zoe do you want to keep moving She's like nope i'm good You know, three minutes later hey do you want to like can we keep strolling nope still want to watch the ducks dad okay it wasn't raining then so i was fine um But when things slowed down, some things just fit together well. We could behold in a whole different way. Beholding isn't always just beholding something good, but it's taking the time to look at something. You know, whether it was beholding joy in our families, or maybe uh, sadness in our families, (laughs) Uh, beholding, you know, togetherness, Or division in our city, you know, this is a moment of both. We see, uh, this is the park that some of us are going to be at on Tuesday, the Botanical Garden for healing, Mayor Elliker and some city leaders praying, uh, showing the togetherness that our city can have at times, but also acknowledging the gun violence that's definitely divided our city time and time again. Or beholding healing. Uh, We see here one of the first uh, folks getting a vaccine when our vaccination effort started. Healing in our nation, but also the violence that we can see in our nation too. You know, this is uh, what beholding does. We can see things, we can let things in. We're gonna actually do something this summer that is just beholding this opportunity we have to have a kingdom summer. I'm gonna share more about what that means and what that will look like for us, but that's something important for us to grow in, to accept the sense of behold, like a summer is before us and we get to see God's kingdom coming in a time where so much else is gonna get our attention, where so much else is gonna compete for what this summer will be about. Wait, what are you doing? What's going on? Like, Who are you seeing? There's a kingdom at hand that we can pursue. Slowing down this pandemic allowed us to see what we treasure, what we value, either from experiencing the beauty of that treasure or mourning its absence. See, I actually don't see it here in my family or my workplace is not where I want to be. But things were slowed down a little bit more so we could see what treasure we experience or what treasure we're mourning its absence in. Can we keep that treasure even as everything opens around us? Let's pray together. God, I thank you that you are here. You're here in this room. You promise to be here this summer and this fall and this winter. You just promise to be with us, God. And we know that we've had a pace of life this past year. where we've, It's been different. It's been interrupted, whether we've seen you in that or not. And God, we just pray that as that pace changes, we can find you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus has a great way for us to keep and grow godly treasure in our lives. And it's found at the end of Jesus' teaching on worry and anxiety. This is a teaching found in the Sermon on the Mount and a lot of the Gospels. We'll be looking at Luke today and also Luke the entire summer. This Gospel account of Jesus' life. And perhaps you felt some of that worry, some of that anxiety when you're thinking about the summer, when you're thinking about things opening up, you're thinking about what will my life look like? You know, we kept using the phrase new normal, like what will that look like for me? Because I don't think there's going to be a new normal for all of us, right? But what will it look like for me? And Jesus says this, he says that God cares for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, so of course God will care for his children. And at the end of this exhortation, we see three words, seek his kingdom, seek his kingdom. Some of you might have heard as seek first the kingdom, seek first the kingdom of God. And it comes from this passage, we're just going to look at it right now and do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. These things, these things that are so easy to worry about, to prioritize, to make the first and second and third things you think about, those things will be added to you. They'll be ordered in a different kind of way. So what's the call to seek the kingdom of God, and seek here? I think means locating the kingdom, locating to the point where you'd even ask someone, "Hey, like where is this?" You know, when you really want to go somewhere, like you're like on Yelp or Google Maps, you're. Like, I need to find where this is. The blue dot keeps teaching you, like where do I go? You're like, I'm just going to ask someone, like where is this place? Seeking so much, you might even ask someone, "Where is this place?" And in case you're wondering, I think beholding is what you do when you found something you've sought after. I found it, now behold. I located it. It's here. I get to stand, take it in. Since we're defining some of our terms, let's think about the kingdom that seems important for this series. Kingdom is a Greek word, basileia, and it means the rule and reign of God. Like, oftentimes we can just, like, kind of locate that kingdom word. And because of maybe Disney, like, it's good to blame Disney for some things, right? They're they're riding high a lot of times, so we can blame them a little bit. Like, we think of, like, the magical kingdom, or we think of, like, a fantasy place, when it's actually more the rule and reign of God, like an empire or a government. And actually, the word doesn't really just mean government or kingdom or empire, but power, like authority, rule, and this being the rule of God. The kingdom is not fully here. Otherwise, God has a a lot of explaining to do. Think about our lives. Think about this world. The kingdom is not fully here. Otherwise, God has a lot of explaining to do. But as Jesus says, the beginning of other gospels, the kingdom is at hand. Like it's near. It's coming. It's close somehow. This is always dramatic, I think. But saying that, I want to say how that drama sometimes comes into our lives. This kingdom drama ranges from, let's say, a broken body, something that we see in the Gospels all the time, a broken body healed, something made right that was afflicted and in pain. We see Jesus walk around saying the kingdom is coming and heal, bodies are healed, Right, that's certainly a little bit dramatic, right? But this kingdom drama could also be a person learning something. Learning that loving your enemies is blessed, like a teaching that Jesus gives us. They could learn, no, that's actually the way. Like I was convinced of something else, but this is the way. Something that's always been true, but it's been revealed to them by this king, King Jesus. This king who's the ruler of the kingdom. We're not the ruler, right? God is. So there can be something that was always true, but it becomes powerful when we accept it as the way, the rule, what God wants. And this kingdom drama can even be what seems ordinary, but it's actually pretty dramatic when you think about it. You know, our, our bodies feasting on food that we enjoy, that sustains us. It's an everyday occurrence for most all of us, right? But there's a glory to it. We take something in, and it gives us what we need for the day. Actually, all of these things are God's kingdom. And some is dramatic because it clashes against disorder, broken bodies that are brought back into alignment. It's dramatic because it supplants another false understanding, right? Hey, I heard that you hate your enemies. Jesus says, no, it's a kingdom reality and we love our enemies, And then sometimes it's dramatic because it reveals that life has already been led by the king. You've already been experiencing the kingdom with ordinary goodness and you're realizing, wait, but I didn't know that. And yet God is real and good and you've been experiencing the kingdom all along. That seems pretty dramatic too. That's what happens when the kingdom comes. This is the kind of kingdom we're seeking and do you see why it's important to locate it? Because it can appear different. It comes in different ways. Or it's already there and you just didn't realize it. It's not fully here, right? Otherwise, God has a lot of explaining to do. But it is at hand and it is coming. And if we think we can't see any of it, we need to lean in and behold what's around us and ask the Lord, can I seek this kingdom? Can you show me more of it? I want to tell you a kingdom story. And you guys might be like, come on, Josh. One, some of you have heard this story. You might be like, I know what story you're telling, or I know what kind of emphasis you have, but I want to break out of this story some of these different ways the kingdom can appear dramatically. So I just want to tell you something that, uh, a story from our community from a while ago. It was from our first, what we called, Life with the Living God Conference. And already, this conference was like amazing, but people were like, I don't know. Life with the Living God. I feel like I'm living with God already. So, like, is this just about what I did yesterday? Because God was real yesterday. What's different about today? I'm like, it's just the title of a conference. It's just the title of a conference. But we had some, like, people that are kind of heated. Are they ready to go, right? And uh, at this conference, we were pressing into some things that are of the kingdom, but we don't always see. And some things that actually are a little bit more dramatic. Uh, so we're praying for healing. We're praying to hear from God, to actually see what God might be saying to us. And so I got kind of excited at this conference. I was like, wait, this is amazing. Like, I'm seeing some things. I was seeing things, but also I was having that revelation of, wait, what if the world is different than I thought? What if God's kingdom is closer than I realized? And so I was inviting people to uh, what we were doing that Sunday. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday conference. And that was a healing Sunday. And so I was inviting people on the green, people I didn't know. I was very, you know, zealous at that point, just very excited to, like, kind of share what I was experiencing. I remember uh, kind of coming to someone, and I I just saw their back, and I was like, hey, there's this healing conference. And I looked down, and their, like, whole leg was, like, in a cast. I was like, that wasn't my experience of inviting other people. They seemed like able-bodied people that maybe could invite someone else, but, like, this was like, wait, like, what's going to happen here? And this person uh, says, hey, I'll be there. I'll see you tomorrow, and they said, but hey, I, I really need some shirts, because I'm trying to kind of either do interviews, or I just want, I want some shirts just to uh, really help me, it, it seemed like he was struggling with maybe housing, maybe some issues in his life, and so I said, sure, got you, so wake up the next morning, head down uh, to the green, uh, one of my friends is with me, we forget the shirts, I'm like, Dude, should we go back, should we go, it's, we, we're going to be late, he's like, no, let's get the shirts, we get the shirts, so we go down, and then we uh, start praying for people at our service. Uh, we don't have, I, I don't see this person at all. And then uh, all of a sudden, when we're praying, this person shows up. I'm like, shoot, I guess we're going to pray for someone with this like, kind of big, dramatic leg injury that hasn't been a cast. Like, not really walking well. And so we pray. You know, Hannah prays. I pray. A few other people pray. And we're like, we don't know what's happening. And the person's like, hey, how's, how's it going? How's, how's the person doing? Like, I guess ask this person, because we're not sure. Nothing's happening. We keep praying. And then maybe five, 10 minutes later, this person asks, hey, how are you doing? We're like, well, okay, I guess we'll have to do another report of like, you know, there's nothing changed. You know, to give the mic to that person, the person's not there anymore, because they're standing up, they're walking. They're actually like running down like the aisle. It's like crazy, like a miracle, like a miracle miracle. Right? What just happened? Like this was amazing. And like the guy never like gets the mic anymore, because he's walking, like he can walk now. Like, he was healed by Jesus and his power. Hey, Sinclair. Hey, a few people are excited about that. That's great. That's great. So then, you know, after that service, he, he turns to me and says, Hey, so where are my shirts at? I'm like, wait, this is like, but you just got he- Oh, you still need, you still need things. You still have this material need. And someone else comes up, not knowing that we had that exchange. They said, hey, this is exciting. But like, what's, what's happening to this dude? Like, are you guys seeing all of him? we like, well, we did give him some shirts, you know. You know, when you're a little defense, like, well, he does have shirts now. But someone was like, hey, like, that was great, but what else are we going to do for him? Someone that I think has been captivated by that story of, I heard in my gospel, and my story, that Jesus cares for the poor. And caring for the poor isn't just having a bum knee be healed. It's caring for that whole person. It's like, that was good. That's great. And part of what I learned in that was just this ordinary gift of a community, A community where you can actually invite people to something like a healing service. A community where someone can say, that was great, that miracle. Good job, God. But like, what's the bigger miracle you're going to do? Lifting that person out of poverty. Great, the community had that. And also for me to be excited and celebrate with people. That wasn't something I was just doing on the street, but it was something we can still tell as a community. There was a dramatic healing, right? The, The leg was healed. He walked. It's amazing. There's also this kingdom understanding that that's not all there is. If we leave him materially where he is, that's not the fullness of God's kingdom. And then also that there's an ordinary gift in just doing this in community. All of those things are happening. All of those things of the kingdom. Fun part of the story: uh, this guy uh, is basically my neighbor now. I see him all the time, and his greeting to me is still. I've told this story before. I'm not lying. It's still just like he just kind of. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's been like 10 years. Like, I know, but like, I'm still gonna greet you that way. It's awesome. So we have, you know, fun conversations, chat about that. Like, I see him all the time. Where I move to, he's even in that area even more. So are you catching, like, what this kingdom thing is? Like, it's not just dramatic in the ways that sometimes we're like, okay, of course it's that. But it's also not undramatic in these other ways. Like, receiving a revelation from God that changes everything, that can change your life. Caring about justice for the first time, knowing that God is a God of mercy, knowing that God desires forgiveness, not just for you but for your enemy that will change you and then there's ordinary things like things that happen where you start taking a walk and you're like i think god created this tree and like i couldn't do that and like my boss I'm frustrated with that person that person couldn't do it either maybe god's just like kind of good in this capital g way all that's the kingdom and our, our hope this summer is to seek the kingdom, all of us, so we can be sharing with one another, how are we beholding the kingdom? How are we seeing it? We have to behold what God is doing. And this is where I just need to kind of poke at you and poke at me a little bit. Because sometimes when we're beholding the kingdom, we slip into something. We slip into doing. Performing like taking the kingdom from God and be like, I got that one, mercy, forgiveness, justice, I'll do it God, watch me. (laughs) And we stop beholding to start doing the work. You know, seeking the kingdom in your parenting, beholding God in your family can somehow become like packing them up into like the vans, like giving food to the hungry every day and being like, wait, now we're just worried about being busy or frustrated about schedules, we're not beholding anymore. Seeking the kingdom and community can become like filling out every single line of Daniqua's spreadsheet for Jubilee. Have you seen it? Like, it's amazing. It's a great spreadsheet. Like, find her email, look at it. But you're like, I need to do all of it. That's not the kingdom invitation for you. Seeking the kingdom and justice becomes like a non stop protest. Like, I'm a protest, I'm a protest, I'm a protest this, I'm a protest that, I'm gonna do that. No, like, that's not beholding anymore. That's not seeking anymore. It's just doing. And we're a doing community. We want to join God in the kingdom. That's great, but we've got to slow down long enough to simply behold, to seek, to locate. Because as I've seen it, God leads us to a kingdom invitation. My invitation might be different than Patrick's. It might be different than Heidi's. It might be different than Casey's. It's all the kingdom, but it's coming a little closer. It's at hand in the neck of the wood that's our lives. And I could go off here and I won't, looking at the time. But like part of how the church is so divided is because the church often in its little neighborhood sees one aspect of the kingdom and says, that's all there is. It's just that. And we've been so eager to let people, fine, well that's wrong. So you just go and do that. Whether it's seeing God in justice, seeing God in sacred slowness, in liturgy, seeing God in the word, seeing God in being together as community, we've let one another say, my kingdom, even if it's a God kingdom thing, the kingdom that I'm doing, it's better, it's more important, it's right. Instead of saying, what if the kingdom is coming, but it might look different for all of us, we might need each other to actually piece things together. That story I told you, that's different people having some understandings of the kingdom, and when we came together, it actually looked beautiful, it's a beautiful story, but we need to slow down. To seek, to locate, to even behold. What will it mean for us to behold from a place of seeking the kingdom through locating prioritizing it above anything else? I want to just take you through two exercises that we're going to do together. I'm just going to invite you to kind of slow down and reflect. If you have a journal, you can get it out. Otherwise, you can just pray, be quiet. But it's two questions I'm going to do a little bit more scripture than close. So, these two questions are important uh, for that location process. I want you to think of these last 16 months, from like around March to now, and I want to ask you: Where have you even accidentally? <laughs> this people might be like, "How does this work, Josh?" I'll give you an example. <laughs> where have you even accidentally sought first the kingdom in the last 16 months? I'll give you an example from my life. My my dad said one of the sweetest things to me. Uh, I always remember this. Uh, before we uh, got locked down, we were in California as a family, and we were you know sending these pictures of us doing things. I mean, some of you guys are from California. It's beautiful, guys. We love it. We're so sorry you're not there right now. <laughs> like, there's tissues here if for later. There's there's prayer ministry. But I love you. I love you. You've got a beautiful state. Um, there's so many more jokes I could do that I'm like myself not to do. But we were there. And then when we came back, you know, we also did Connecticut nature, which is also beautiful and was also good, even Connecticut beaches. Uh, Again, more jokes I won't say. But my dad said this thing where he's like, it seems like you guys never stopped going on vacation. It seems like you guys kept kind of being in this restful place as a family. I was like, that was so sweet. And I realized I kind of accidentally sought first something of like, just slowing down with my family like I was sharing with you all before. Just slowing down, just being present. Like somehow in the slowdown, I like sought first the kingdom in a new way, but I almost had to like do this talk to realize that more. So that's the question I wanna ask you. I just want you to spend like maybe two minutes on it. As you think about the last 16 months, where might you have accidentally slipped into some kingdom values through the, the change in pace? I, I've gotta admit, right? It, Slowness fits mine. It might not fit yours. But it definitely, I'm sure, was a change of pace. So just think about that. If you have a journal, you can get it out. Reflect. I'm just going to invite the Spirit to come. If you're on live stream, you probably got some paper and pen by you. Just let's think together. Holy Spirit, you're God. And you help us locate the kingdom. So help us think. In the last 16 months, uh, a kind of time... In a six team up here that I don't think we'll ever have again in our lifetime. There might be crazy things, but I think they'll be different than this. So, as there was an abrupt change, help us now locate where we might have accidentally sought first your kingdom, given the change in pace or perhaps even the slowdown. And we're just going to take a minute or two minutes of silence here. If you were able to latch on to something there, I want to encourage you. If you can look at your life and just even looking backwards, see some way that you've pursued the kingdom, how much more could you do that if you were a little bit more intentional in locating that? A little bit more intentional in thinking, God, where is your kingdom coming in my life? And also, how open might things really be with our friends, with our family, with our neighbors, if we could? try, like just experiment with doing something like this with them. Wherever you just experience a true goodness, we might have to change it from kingdom. That word might not mean something to them. But what would it mean to ask a question that's as open as this? And then to see them latch in onto something and say, hey, that's the kingdom, right? It's already been in their lives. It's not just something that's going to happen. It it probably will happen, but it's already there. Isn't that powerful? This thing that is God's rule and reign is already in people's lives. They just might not have named it or located it or seen it as close. But Jesus, and I think us following him, can help name that for others. I think we can do the same thing with the second question. We'll do one more short exercise, again, do a little bit more scripture, and then we'll be done with this time. What is your desire for the summer? Big question. It's a big question because I know that you guys have them. We all do. We've been cooped up. We've been like interrupted. We've like had some like real things happen to us. We have big desires. And I want us to think where is the kingdom in your desire? Where is God's rule or reign in your desire? This is a challenging one because your desire is probably not like just 100% of the kingdom. I think we could maybe just say, it. it's not. <laughs> but like, maybe there's like something there, right? I'll give you one of mine. It's oddly specific. Don't judge me. It happened, did I do this last year? It's just amazing. Just being at Silver Sand State Park in a t-shirt and gym shorts, and the water is warm, or dare I say, like hot. And so I can go in and will not feel cold. I want that to happen. It will be amazing. If there could be music, It'll be great. I lost my headphones last time I did this. I just danced. And so I don't know if I have a desire for that anymore because I want to keep my headphones. But like, again, not 100% God's kingdom, but I think I can see some ways. Where like, oh, freedom. Like, joy. Like, there's some things there I could latch on to. What's a desire you have? Again, you don't have to say it out loud. So just be truthful. Maybe you actually want to say it out loud later to someone and still be truthful. But right now, at least, it's just your mind and your heart. So what's a desire you have? And then press in and and even ask God, is that a kingdom desire or how does it line up with this God that has a good rule and reign? Sometimes looking at our desires allows us to locate where God's kingdom is or where it needs to be. Let's just take one or two more minutes to think about that question of desire. Two questions. The first one is, where have you even accidentally sought first the kingdom in these last 16 months? The second one, what is your desire for the summer? I think if you spend even more time on these two questions, you'll see how you can locate the kingdom. You can seek the kingdom. You can even behold the kingdom. And I think it's a tool for you as you think about how to connect with your neighbors, your friends, Let's read one last section of this exhortation, this do not worry, seek first the kingdom, and then this next part that Jesus says. I've got to give you fair warning. I'm pretty excited about this because verse 32 is one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. It's this one. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 32, one more time. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. This little line helps show that you become what you behold. By meditating and trusting on the command from Jesus to be unafraid because the Father wants to give us the kingdom, we have a path to become someone, to actually become maybe a different person, a changed person, someone who would sell earthly goods, would plan and prioritize an eternal life whose treasures last forever in heaven, and a person that receives the perspective that our hearts tell us that... Our hearts tell us what we're beholding. And our hearts also show us who we're becoming. We can hear Jesus say, don't be afraid. I'm going to give you the kingdom. And we can like go into overdrive. Well, oh, if Jesus is gonna give it to me, then I can do all of it, like superpower time, right? Or we can just dismiss his words. Like clearly, this is just like one of those scriptures that like just doesn't, like seems good, but then like life, so not really. I know it's, we're in church, but we, can we say that sometimes? Like, it, it becomes either one of those, right? Like We just take it and we say, yes, I'll do it. Or we're like, well, it doesn't really mean what we think it means. Or, there's another option here. Or, we could seek the kingdom. We could try to locate where fearlessness about God's provision might help us become a human more like God. So we could think, what does this invitation mean? Like, from Jesus, not to be afraid. Like, let me just think about how the kingdom is connected there. Think about your summer. You may have had many plans. You may have plans to come. Maybe many desires. Even priorities of what you want to do. And all I want to ask is this. Can you seek God's kingdom first? Can you let this passage, this invitation from Jesus shape your priorities? I don't think it means that the priorities you have have to go away completely, at least like right away, but can you just prioritize interrogating them or inviting them to Jesus? Can you prioritize them and let seeking the kingdom, beholding the kingdom, and let everything else be given to you and placed for you? When we prioritize God, God helps prioritize our lives. When we prioritize God and his kingdom, God helps prioritize our lives. I wasn't fully honest with you earlier. You know, uh, yes, I did wake up a little bit early for Zoe, but I probably was awake anyway. But when she invited me on that walk, I had some things on my mind. I had some losses I was reflecting on. The fact that there's a lot going on and this overdrive for post-pandemic life is just raring, and there's a place I'd love to be, with my family, with my grandma, that I just couldn't be. It's Memorial Day weekend, it's the Indy 500, you shouldn't have looked at tickets for those flights. I'm like, I can go to Uganda for cheaper, this is crazy. And there was something about taking another invitation, not worrying, not grumbling, not saying, even though uh, Zoe's watching, yes, you will watch TV sometimes, but not be like, just watch a show, I said, yes, let's take that daddy-daughter date. Let me see if I can locate where the kingdom is, to take an invitation. I think Zoe can give invitations that are from God. Don't get carried away, Zoe, but I think sometimes you can. And I think that was one. But I had to prioritize something other than just some frustration, some grumbling, some sense of I want something to be different. But the first order in my heart wasn't what God had. What's a place maybe in your life this week where you did receive an invitation for this kingdom? Or maybe what's a place where you missed it? But as you think now, you're like, oh, that was an invitation from God and God's kingdom coming. I'm going to close by praying for us, for us to become people of the kingdom that can behold because that's an act that only comes through the Spirit's power. That's the good news. We can't do that on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. They want to lead us into communion. So if you wouldn't mind, wherever you are, whether you're on live stream, whether you're in the room, just opening your hands as if you're going to receive a gift. God, I thank you that seeking is important. Maybe seeking so much that we would ask, Jesus, where's the kingdom right now? Give us hearts of humility. Give us hearts tethered to your kingdom that more and more want to see treasure. God, as you define treasure, not as we do. That more and more define kingdom or empire or government, this heavenly rule and reign the way that you would, not just the way that we instinctually do. And Jesus, would you help us see you as king of this kingdom, what you truly, who you truly are, and help this space of not just doing and not just dismissing, but beholding and seeking. Would you have that keep us? Keep us safe, keep us protected, keep us in your care. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen going to invite us into communion now. In communion, we are celebrating this act from Jesus, uh, a commitment of love, a commitment of love so strong that Jesus would locate the kingdom in a strange, strange place in his obedience, even unto death. Love so strong, it meant that his body was broken, his blood was shed. Jesus leaned into that for us, ultimately dying for our sake. If you want to receive this communion today, whether you're here or on live stream, is an act of saying yes to following Jesus, I invite you to do that. And if you're taking this in to say, yes, this is who I want to be like, This is the path of life I want to choose. I invite you to to take these elements. We can take the bread right now, the wafer, maybe your communion elements at home. It's the body of Christ broken for us. Take and eat. You can take the juice, remove the lid, take out your cup at home, can drink it. It's the blood of Jesus shed for us. Let's dare to locate the kingdom, even in this act of communion, even in the act of our musical worship, even in the act of our prayer ministry, whether it's here in the room or on Zoom, because God's kingdom is at hand. Behold, do you see it? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.